This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to another Freakazoid episode of the Animaniacast. No doubt Longhorn's up to some evil plan. I'd better find him without delay. Hey, Freakazoid. Oh, hi, Cosgrove. Want to go see a bear ride a motorcycle? Do I? Let's roll! Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Freakazoid and Friends. Uh, this is the spin-off series of the Animated Cast. We are the only podcast that lets you freak out about Freakazoid. Here we pick a random sequential episode, <laughs> revisiting all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we're going to give this episode of Freakazoid a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. Don, Don, oh Don, Don. I can see you. Uh, and joining us across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, we have a, a very exciting episode of Freakazoid to talk about today. Of course, we're going through Pinky in the Brain, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, and Animaniacs discussions. Today, it's Freakazoid's turn once again. One of the, I would say, Steven Spielberg produced uh, cartoons that is overlooked uh, these days by by some, mainly at Hulu, because it's not streaming on Hulu. Oh my gosh! But you can find this episode of Freakazoid. You could you used to be able to to watch it on Verve, which was is just a streaming service for cartoons and anime. And guess what? You can't do that anymore. They got rid of it on Verve. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. So. The place you can watch episodes of Freakazoid, number one, you should just get the DVD. The DVD, it has us bonus contents. Exactly. The- in fact, you can go to Amazon.AnimaniCast.com. You can find a link right there to, f- to get your own. Or, you know, there's places online that people just put them up there, too. But the quality is really bad, and you, d- you don't want to do that. No. And we are not endorsing that at all. Exactly. No, not at all. So, instead, you should totally get the DVDs. Check them out. They have some fantastic special features. You know, it's the 25th anniversary of Freakazoid this year. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if they... I have no information about this. I'm just theorizing. Wouldn't it be awesome <laughs> if they put a Blu-ray of this out? Or at least a re-release of the two seasons I on mm-hmm. DVD? I think uh, that would be awesome. Or at least Hulu, just put it up on streaming so people can watch it. Anyway, so freak, many options. freak a rant <laughs> over. <laughs> Today we are, we are going to be uh, talking about episode eight of Freakazoid. Uh, it involves, it involves, it includes the segments Hot Rods from Heck, A Time for Evil. Ooh, that must be a very exciting segment right there. Mm. And of course, it just you know talks about the freak mobile, and uh, it also has some really great uh, public you know interruptions. I was going to say public service announcements, but more like just interruptions from Joe Leahy uh, telling us various things. Uh, if someone were to ask you about this episode in just a few words, what would you tell them, Nathan? Oh, uh, this episode makes me want to buy a freak mobile. Uh, yeah, me too. Toy. Uh, <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? 
It's freaky. It is. I think you've used that description before <laughs> on every. But we will. Episode. We will accept it. <laughs> we will accept it. Um, we will continue to accept it until you find a different thing to describe. Because it's animani. It's it's zany. It's yeah. animani. Totally insane. <laughs> Citizen Kaney. No. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get into our description. But before we do, getting ahead of myself, Nathan, please tell us. When did this episode first premiere? Okay, Joey, this episode premiered on a Saturday in November of 1995. It was actually November 18th, to be precise. And uh, this was when uh, Pierce Brosnan picked up where Dalton left off as James Bond in the new GoldenEye after a six-year hiatus, which was the longest gap between Bond films to date. How much of a gap? Six years. That's not that big of a gap, but okay. I mean, some... Star Wars got nothing on that. Yeah. Well, for Bond films. Yeah, yeah. That's the longest. The next one, I think, I've, Spectre I've, in this one. I've gone through bigger gaps years. of Bond films and of watching them. So. Okay. Well, fine. <laughs> and that's not a big deal for me. Um, also, the movie uh, American President came out that same day. Which, uh, I don't know. That's, that. the, that's the one Aaron Sorkin. and Oh. It's like, he's yeah. the president and he falls in love. Aaron low. Sorkin's the president? No, not Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> it's he, Michael he Douglas, right? Yeah. Michael Douglas is the president. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin wrote it. It's very. It's kind of like West Wingy. It feels kind of like well, watching. I would, I would think so with Aaron Wing. Sorkin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry, and Daryl Hammond all joined the cast of SNL this day. And this was just two days before Super Nintendo released uh, Donkey Kong Country Two: Diddy oh, Kong's Quest. Good game. Is it an excellent cast of Saturday Night Live? I remember yes. getting the the Rolling Stone cover. Uh, for the new cast of Saturday Night Live. That was such a changing year, but uh, yay for Saturday Night Live. Anyway. Yeah, it's great news. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a big Saturday. Let's go and get into our discussion of Freakazoid right here, and we're going to start off with Hot Rods from Heck. Well, Hot Rods from Heck was written by John P. McCann, it was directed by Ronaldo Carmen, Del Carmen. And, of course, before this, we have a great, you know, interruption. I love you. Now, back to our show. Which is, I think, very sweet. Mm-hmm. So, thank you very much, Joe, for that. Uh, but, Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here with Hot Rods from Heck? All right. Well, uh, Dexter and his family are all on a car trip. Uh, they're heading to see, I guess, their grandfather or something. Yeah, Duncan's been hitting me in the arm for the last 140 miles. What's the matter, you little baby? Can't take it? Pipe down or I'll climb back there and butter your heads, huh? You boys have been full of ginger the entire trip. Now settle down before we reach your grandpa's place. I don't want you giggling at his cardboard hat. He's not well. Then these speed demons come by. They're not. They're not these. They're not humans in these hot rods next to them. There's they're some dead sort of, people. Yeah, they're dead people <laughs> oh, or robots or something. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, they end up driving them off the road uh, and they crash. And find out that yeah, these are indeed just robots controlled by Longhorn and his uh, minion or whatever goon. His goon. Yeah. Uh, and we find out Longhorn's backstory. Uh, he was just this common criminal, and then uh, to avoid the cops, he put on he became a a steer. <laughs> yeah, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, you know, it, they're looking for a human. They're not looking for <laughs> yeah the steer. Yeah. No, he's more inconspicuous. So yes. I guess that's the idea. I he don't had know. a great name too. I don't have that in the show notes, but his name uh, John P. McCann. We should mention 
uh, you know, it has some great writing of names mm-hmm. in this, in, both in the opening credits of this uh, Hot Rods from Heck thing with uh, Joe talking about uh, the different people starring in this thing that never show up. Hot Rods from Heck, starring Ruth Cantle, Mimsy Lee, and Weena Mercator as the Hopping Woman, directed by Dobie Atwood Jr. What's, it's something bull or something. I don't know. Yeah. We'll play it right here. Is this beast man? Who is this bovine boy with horns on his head and a ring through his nose? Born in Odessa, Texas, his real name was Jubal Nixon, and he worked at a Johnny Cat factory selling bags and bags of Johnny Cat until turning to crime. Yeah, I love that name. <laughs> anyway, it's a cool name. Yeah, it just and it's a great John just, B- John P. McCann writes the best names in cartoons, in my right. opinion. Just a fun little. So his plan is to uh, steal a nuclear device and ho- not hold the world ransom, but hold Nashville ransom, so that they will give him an album because he's a country singer, and he even sings a little bit, but he doesn't sing very well. Uh- <laughs> he sings some songs that are really like twisted, like. One's about going into a banjo shop, like he's singing from heaven. Mm. He says, I'm, I'm singing up from his big rig in the sky after he crashed into a banjo shop. <laughs> Jamming gears and eating pie in my big rig in the sky. Since the day I crashed into a banjo shop. <laughs> and the other one's about a, a woman who would have been 56, but she <laughs> fell out of his car going down Highway 5 near San Jose. That was another uh, gem, Longhorn. I like to think you aren't just being polite so as I won't womp on you with my big round hooves. Mm, so, and yeah, and so, so they're, they're a little weird. They're a little dark for uh, a little cartoons. Dark, but that's yeah, great. So the, uh, kids don't listen to the lyrics. No, no, so, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, his plan goes awry when um, Freakazoid, well, right now it's Dexter, he realizes that, oh, that's Longhorn, so he freaks out, becomes Freakazoid. And um, first, Car- Car- Cosgrove comes and uh, they watch a bear on a motorcycle. Uh, and then he realizes that he should do something to stop this uh, hijacking or stealing of the uh, missile device. Yes. So, uh, yeah, he does that. <laughs> he, did it. he does it. <laughs> but then Longhorn doesn't like that he did that. No. So uh, he chases him in his truck and there's this long chase scene. It actually goes into the sky it goes like, into a commercial, too. Yeah, it goes into a commercial. <laughs> Man, did I ever skunk Longhorn. That steerhead is probably still trying to figure out. Oh, nut bunnies. He must get the same jet pod catalog I do. Uh, then he's like, all right, so he goes underwater. And then he crashes and he forgets. Oh, that's right. This car was never designed to operate underwater. Wow. That was important and I forgot it. And, but uh, Longhorn's uh, truck can do that. So, oh my gosh. Uh, he turned, he ends up uh, just out running. He can, he can run as fast as a car. We all know he doesn't need a car. <laughs> or, you know, more importantly, Longhorn was courteous enough to not, drive that fast when it, it came to when it, Freakazoid wanted to just go yeah down the I mean, freeway going how about fast he's running that, oh about oh good 10 15 10 miles, miles per hour yeah, i think know. uh yeah they, 
Freakazoid's got a plan, though. So he's, he uh, runs straight into uh, Wrigley's Field, where it's a seventh inning stretch where they uh, have to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And uh, Freakazoid changes the lyrics a little bit. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Find me with rope and a sailor's knot. Send me to jail where I'll sleep on a cot. Cause you broke, broke, broke the law. Off you go to the can. For it's one, two, three years away. I'll send you spam. I like me. There we go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So pretty pretty simple plot. I mean, uh, missile I mean, wants as, to get stolen. As, as far as Freakazoid plots go, yeah, it's yes. pretty simple. It's and Freakazoid, <laughs> it takes a while for Freakazoid to actually come in. Yeah, I like his line. <laughs> yeah, that was more line. exposition. Or what? Oh, freak out! Wow, that was a long wait. This is more story than I'm used to. Time to take care of business. But yeah, a lot of a lot of really cool moments in here. Let's go over some of the. The cultural references that were in here, and there's a great Tumblr out there called Freakazoid References Guide, and uh, I'm not exactly sure who did this, but they did a great job, I think. Uh, first of all, Hot Rods from Heck. I mean, it's very similar to a lot of B movie uh, stuff that you would see. Honestly, I see them on Mystery Science Theater, mm-hmm. things like Side Hackers and and stuff like that, where he's just about racing, racing cars and. Or motorcycles and just put a whole plot around these bad boys of racing or something. Yeah, you just have stock footage of movies cars. like <laughs> movies like Beatniks. Yeah. Who you know, is very important to, to the history of, of one very famous composer, I believe. Mr. Yes. Who, who tell us what happened with that B movie there, Kelly? Well, I don't know what happened with the movie, but well, I'm sure you're talking about John Williams. Of course, Johnny Williams. I think he's on the on the credits of that B movie. The one I was thinking of uh, was Daddy O. Oh, Daddy O. I'm sorry. Yes, you're absolutely right. It wasn't Beatniks, which was a different Mystery Science Theater. They're very similar plots. It's hard for me to get them. <laughs> they get confused, but yes, Daddy O was the John. Well, I think it was John Williams' first uh, composing job. I believe so because I I watched it when. It, aired on Mystery Science Theater, and I was like, what? Yep. That, no! And so I looked it up, and sure enough, John, it was out, John Williams. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I think he was credited as Johnny. Johnny so. Williams. Uh, there's, uh, the freak layer has some cool stuff, and it's very much obviously rem- reminiscent of, you know, the Batcave with a yeah. bunch of stuff everywhere. But there's a, a blimp hanging out from the, the top of the ceiling. It says rad on it. And I'm of course, glad that it's now canon, though, based the... The freak O'Lair. The freak O'Lair has been was, officially confirmed that yeah. it's going to stick around in it this was, series, <laughs> which is cool. In the first episode, now it's yes, which is very important, and <laughs> it's a very massive structure. Apparently, it, apparently, it takes up hundreds of miles because it it's under the desert as well. It's it's very don't don't think about it, folks. It just it's there. <laughs> you can be anywhere. It's everywhere and anywhere you want it to be. Well, anyway. Uh, there's a rad blimp hanging from the ceiling, which is similar to Mad Magazine. has a blimp that shows up in some of their, you know, magazines and stuff. Uh, they mentioned Tony Danza. Get ready. It's time now for seven hours of Tony Danza. If you don't know who Tony Danza is, well, he's in a bunch of stuff, and his name is Tony in those shows. That's, he's the boss, right? He is not the boss. 
I think Mona was the boss. Oh. I thought Bruce <laughs> is the boss. Bruce is the boss? Springsteen, baby. Oh, you say baby too? <laughs> well, anyway. So, yes. So, you know, and a lot of Batman stuff with the freak mobile being, I don't know. Like it, was, it felt kind of James Bond-ish, actually, when they were going into the water and he was touching all the buttons. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like James Bond <laughs> Let's set up those. Uh, switching his car to aqua mode, which, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, Freakazoid didn't realize until the end, <laughs> they crash into the sea floor that that it just starts filling up with water just yeah great. <sighs> great moment anyway that's it for references of note really uh but uh let's start with let's start with kelly kelly what were some things in this that you you thought were funny or or amusing when dexter was when his brother kept hitting him in the car and uh Dexter kept complaining, and his mother said something like, "Y'all, y'all been so gingered since <laughs> since the, the you know this whole trip." And I don't even know what she meant by that, but it was funny the way she said. And that, and uh, Douglas Douglas, I uh, says something to the effect of, "Stop it, or I'm going to butter your heads or something." Yeah, <laughs> yeah his... they they had some weird phrasing. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Words and weasels. <laughs> Words and weasels. Uh, of course, John P. McCann voicing. Dexter's and Dexter's dad right there, Douglas Douglas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And of course, you know, they have a good fight once again, or wrestling uh, thing once again with uh, Freakazoid and Duncan. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's the blue guy again! Let's wrestle! Can you sing the lyrics to I'm a tugboat, call me Mel? Try it! I'm a Ah, oh, that was a tough one because I just made up that song. See ya. I love that moment, Nathan. What were some stuff that you liked? Um, I like that uh, Duncan is thought to be insane at the end of the episode. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> the blue <laughs> guy. <laughs> and you weren't around to help when that blue guy jumped me again. You're the only one who ever sees this blue guy, Duncan. He's real. Well, of course he's real to you, dear, but that's because you're probably insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, just the crashing underwater is, I think, the highlight for me. Just so great. Yeah, uh, Maurice Lamarche, by the way, voices the Longhorn right there. Not the, not my. He's probably my least favorite Freakazoid yeah. villain, just because he does. He's not the funniest guy, and he's not like intimidating either. Yeah, a, it's like oh, he's not funny. At least he's like he's a cool villain where you'd be like, oh, I could play with this toy or something. But like, I would never want a Longhorn toy because like, no, we definitely want a Toyetic Freakmobile. Which yeah. Toyetic is actually? I didn't find this out till years and years later that Toyetic is an actual word. I was watching the toys that made us. Oh, really? And they actually talk about like the Star Wars toys and how Toyetic they are. And so, yes, Toyetic is a real word. It was not just made by Freakazoid, Freakazoid which I, 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 I just thought it was a Freakazoid word for so many years. How Toyetic can you get? Toyetic is a word created by marketing people. It means an object or device featured in a cartoon that could easily become a mass-produced toy. I so wish that they actually made these, like, toys, because I think Freakazoid would have done better, too. Like, I think it would have been more popular with... Uh... I would have bought a Freakmobile. Yeah, and then like it kind of it it fuels each side of it. Like the the toys make kids want to watch the show, and watching the show makes you want to buy the toys. It's like it makes for a successful 
show, I wish yeah. they... I know, it's, it's so sad that it took just until recently with Kid Robot releasing those, um, those little pins and, uh, I don't know, collectible figures, boxed figures that I've never gotten because I don't want to pay $50 for a Freakazoid figure mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. But uh, no, no Freakmobile. Yeah, to this day. So I don't know. One of you, one of you companies out there should get that get going on that. I'll buy one. I promise. Yeah, we'll post a link to it somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a, there was a, some really great moments. I mean, just little things like. <laughs> Longhorn thinks it has me, but I've got a trick. Oh, what a good trick this is! If there were a degree for trickery, I'd be a master trickster. <laughs> And is it uh, who who does the uh, Good Day? The voice of oh Paul Harvey, Paul Harvey. The Paul, that's, uh, that's having Paul, Paul Harvey coming back. Yeah, Paul Harvey making that return right there for the exposition of, yeah. of showing the bad guy. Yeah, put put him in there. A lot of cool moments and the music. I was listening to especially when he's getting the freak mobile. You know, the one that runs. That's why he picks it. Uh, <laughs> the 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 composing of the music right there gets really jazzy, and it's just really cool when it's just this long scene of just the freak mobile going through the ground and going through the tunnel and everything. I really, I don't know, I was just like listening to it and digging the music. So mm-hmm. good job right there, uh, Mr. Richard Stone with the with the music. I'm assuming Mr. Richard Stone did that. Maybe it was the burn scenes, but either way, whoever was involved absolutely fantastic job very jazzy freakazoid stuff going on Before we get to our next segment, we have another interruption. Joe can see us. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I can see you. Now, back to our show. So, it's creepy. But then we move on to A Time for Evil. A Time for Evil is the first Huntsman short and it was written by John P. McCann, and it was directed by Jack Heider. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in this very important story of A Time for Evil? Okay. The, uh, it sort of starts out where a guy blows into this horn, and you kind of get the feeling that it's it's kind of like the, the bat signal or something. So who is it going to summon? And apparently it's the Huntsman. And he has his own theme song, and he kind of looks like Robin Hood a little bit. And uh, Green Arrow, maybe too. I think mm-hmm. I kind of got yeah, yeah, little little well, vibes. Green Arrow and Charlton on, Heston. But the Green Arrow reminds me of Robin Hood. Yeah, Green so Arrow, Arrow is based on Robin Hood. I would assume. Well, right. Sure. <laughs> Go to the source, man. Oh yeah, that's true. It's true. Okay, he's Robin Hood. Okay. All right. Anyway, so uh, the theme song is is his backstory, and. Uh, he was a poor hunter named Marty Phoebe. 
<laughs> and he was hungry, and he saved a chunky elf. And I, I could have sworn, and I think this is funny to mention that I thought they said junky. You know, I thought maybe <laughs> this, this druggie was out there in the forest, and he saved him or something. But no, it's a chunky elf, mm. and you saved him from being eaten eaten by a crow. And the elf gave him a bag of corn, and he ate it, <laughs> and then he got strength and speed and shiny teeth, and. Turn him into the huntsman. The elf rewarded Marty Phoebe with a magic sack of corn. He gained strength and speed and shiny teeth, and as the huntsman was reborn. Hunt, 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 he's the huntsman, with the pants on the bad guys. It's an emergency, sound the horn of urgency, and summon the huntsman. Into action, Whenever there's a problem, they sound the horn of urgency, which mm. is, again, is sort of like the bat signal. And then he leaps into action as the huntsman. And so then, it, after the intro is over, it goes into the actual episode, which really is basically him going into the police station and talking to the guy there and saying he's ready for some action and where is it? And the guy's reading the newspaper, sitting at his desk, and... There's nothing going on. He said it's a it's a downtime for crime, and uh, it's, it's just slow, and there's really nothing to do. I'm sorry, Huntsman, but nothing's cooking right now. Is that why you haven't sounded the horn of urgency? What can I say, Huntsman? I'm 21 years on the force, and I've never seen things this slow. It's sort of a crime downtime. <laughs> Darn it. The huntsman says that, well, I'll be at my brother's house, and uh, he starts giving all his information. You know, he's at this address, and he's in the phone book under this name. And He lives over on Wally Shira Terrace. That's a nice neighborhood. Okay. You know, he just wants to make absolutely sure that if there's a problem, that he'll be contacted. And the, the cop says, well, you know, I, I don't think we'll need you, but, but thanks. So he goes out in the hallway, and kind of starts pitching a fit and knocks over the water bottle and uh then it finally segues into him rounding up some bank bank robbers i believe with the and, closing uh, theme song yeah it's not actually <laughs> <laughs> and that that's about it yeah there you go good old huntsman the most anticlimactic hero in history i think he oh my gosh but his we, teeth are shiny we thought lord bravery had nothing to do i mean the huntsman's just begging for work, and and no one will, no one to help him out. Must feel bad. I mean, you have a job. You you get a you get all these powers. Mm-hmm. And you got to use them, and just you know you're out of work. It's like he's in the unemployment line. Anything today? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Why are things so slow? <clears throat> Don Donald Don. Poor huntsman, but very I thought um, funny. In the sense that uh, nothing happens. Well, yeah, this theme song what a is great just so theme song. great. It's one of the best theme songs. Marty Feeb was such a, a, a skinny, ugly-looking guy. He turned into a very muscular, weird-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Of course, looks like Charlton Heston. Sounds like Charlton Heston. Uh, you know, I just expect him to say, "You darn dirty ape, <laughs> darn, darn, yeah. darn." Uh, but. 
I I like this. Uh, there's, there's uh, I guess there's one reference which I never found out until today. Looking at our lovely Tumblr right here, Freakazoid References Guide, saying Wally Shira Drive was one of the pioneers of space travel. He was one of the fir- he was the first man to go into space three times, and the only man to fly in all three of America's first space programs. So that's where uh, the Huntsman's brother lives. On Wally Shira Drive, a guest home or something. God, it's just the most. I I really I empathize with the Huntsman in this thing. Like just you know, hey, if you need me, he's dragging his feet on the way out the door. But yeah, the captain just reading yeah, his yeah. newspaper. Mm-hmm. Just yep. And uh, you know, I just you know, it was some. It felt like Batman the Animated Series, I guess, a little bit mm-hmm. with uh, the intro <laughs> or the. I, I think the the crashing through the end to get the bank robbers felt very. Uh, Batman animated series opening. Kind I of, see that. Kind of just not really showing much animation necessarily, but more showing the the picture uh, it kind of moving. So not sure what that animation technique is called, but it looked cool for the intro. Anyway, uh, any, we, I know we talked, we summarized the whole thing pretty I well. But I, I don't think Nathan, anything, any, anything else? We went over the entire the thing. The entire I thing. <laughs> I don't know this. It's good stuff, though. I know it's all it's all gold and short too. So. <laughs> it's as gold as corn. Uh, Kelly, anything? Now this is your first time watching. I I knew what the joke was going to be coming up for this one. Now, Kelly, what did you think uh, getting into this this Huntsman thing, watching it for the first time? Were you actually we disappointed or just surprised that nothing actually happens in this one? Yeah. Well, I I um kind of went back because I. He knocked down the water, the um, water cooler, and then the next thing he's rounding up some bank robbers. And I'm like, did I miss something? What was the significance of knocking over the water cooler? Was there something about the hallway or something? I, I feel like I missed something there. No, I didn't. And uh, so I was like, okay, that that's all there is. Yep. He just he just. It's it's a slow day. Yeah. Well, I'm it's sure the day. next time we see the Huntsman, it'll be it was, much better. He'll yeah. get that's something to do next time. I do right? like his next one a lot. So okay, it's... good. Okay, so we'll get some more action next time. Well, let's go ahead and get to the ending parts right here. Uh, of course, Joe has another uh, special announcement uh, that he's a deep-voiced woman. I'm actually a deep-voiced woman. Now, back to our show. Which is good. Good to know. Uh, and... Finally, we get a, a toyetic uh, presentation where it's been announced that the Freakmobile will now be on toy stores everywhere, and Freakozoid counts as money. What can I say? It's part of my contract. And uh, again, very disappointing that that never actually happened. Wanted a Freakmobile, never got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. But that's it for the episode, so let's go ahead and get to our Water Tower rating. All right, out of five Water Towers, how many would you give this episode out of five? Nathan, let's start with you. Me? Yes. Um, I'll go with uh, two and a half, I think. I just, I always remember seeing this a lot. I really like the Huntsman one, but then, like, I just remember seeing it as a kid a lot and be like, it's so long. That first segment, I think, 
I don't know. I, the, the, I, I just don't like uh, Longhorn as the bad guy, I guess. I don't know what it is. So right. it's funny. It's funny. I just uh, I just remember not enjoying watching reruns of it. Yeah, this one's I don't know. Yeah, I I, I see where you're going. I yeah. see where you're going. So two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. No, I don't know. Kelly, let's go with you. Well, I was going to be nice and give it three, um, but I think based on Joey's review, I mean, I'm sorry, Nathan's review. Oh? I'm like, I, I haven't I have said to anything go yet. <laughs> Too, because uh, I don't think I liked it as much as I don't think I liked it as much as he did. Well, I don't because um, I didn't find it funny. Well, I'm gonna go to five then. No, no, <laughs> I um, I I mean, I did like the Huntsman music. The song was really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked the look of the the dead people driving the cars, the, ro- the robots or robots. whatever they were. Yeah, my mom um, calls them dead people, I mean, I, which uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the animation was was good in the episode, but I nothing made me laugh. Oh, at all. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, so. well, I even though this is not one of my favorite episodes of Freakazoid, um, ooh, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to be much more positive than you two. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to say a three and a half. I almost said four, but yeah, you know, yeah. I, I suppose in the grand scheme of, of Freakazoid ones, this is one that I, I am more likely to not pay as much attention to, even though there's really funny moments in this. Uh, and I do have, you know, just memorable lines I really liked. Um, but yeah, it's it's not, it doesn't have as many, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a pacing or something, but something yeah. something about it is, is not quite as good. I, I'm going to blame Longhorn. I just don't like Longhorn the villain as much as the other villains. I, think it, yeah, I just cut out all his singing. I think then you, you can <laughs> add some other joke, another whole segment or something. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't um, know. Maybe that's enough. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like if I were to show episodes of Freakazoid to someone, I'd probably skip this one. Because mm-hmm. like there's like so much better episodes out there. I see. I see. Like, that's why I'm just like. Okay. Okay. Well, three and a half for me. I still like it a lot. I just don't like it as much as necessarily the other ones. It's not my top 10 Freakazoid that makes sense well let's go ahead and get to our contact information nathan where can people get in contact with you online oh joey i'm on twitter uh django ft that's me you sounded like longhorn there oh joey i'm on twitter (laughs) (laughs) and kelly what about you i'm also on twitter yoda princess y-o-d-a-p-r-n-c-s-s or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagrams. And, of course, we're over at Discord. If you're a Discord user, which, heck, that's the that's the place to go to if you want to really get to the specialized communities and stuff. Have we got a place for you? It's the RetroZap Discord group. We are a proud member of the RetroZap Podcast Network. And we want you to come on over to join the conversations over there with all the other great podcasters and writers at RetroZap. Here's what you can do. There's a Here's your welcome link, okay? You go to discord.animaniacast.com, and that'll take you right out in there. You can get a quick link, and you can join the conversation. Talk about Animaniacs, Freakazoid, Tiny Toons, Star Wars, or really anything pop culture over there. Some really great folks over there so we'd love to have you come on over well with that 
That'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. They were dead people driving those cars. Oh, the very nerve. They'll give a license to anyone.